Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and today I'm with Daniel. Hola. And that's very quite hola. And, uh, and Jonathan. <laughs> hey, hey y'all. Uh, what have you guys been watching? Let's start with off with that. Have you guys been watching anything during this whole quarantine thing? Continued quarantine thing? I've been watching a lot of YouTube. Just watching more streamers uh, yeah. play. Like Nick Merckx, uh Tim the Tatman. Um, uh, that's pretty much... What I've been doing just watching a lot of streamers play video games, pretty much. So you're watching them on YouTube. Are you starting to like that as a streaming platform? Uh, YouTube, no. I actually still haven't figured out how to watch streamers play on YouTube. Usually, I just watch their their clips or whatever nice. on YouTube. Yeah, but right now, Twitch. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do you know much about what's going on with Doctor Disrespect and all that? Right now, no. Well. He he finally came out with like a little video and he finally came out with like a tweet saying he still doesn't know what's going on with Twitch and why he got banned. Yeah. But he did announce that he's going to be pretty much streaming on YouTube for now and he might be suing Twitch because they still haven't gave him the, the reason why he got banned. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, it, he could be lying, too. I just don't think so. I think Twitch actually just ban them and not tell them. That's so. If they did yeah. that, that's that's so messed up because there is the whole contract dispute you were telling me about with the mixer yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I'm I'm not necessarily a big fan of his, but I do see that he's actually really good for the industry, for the streaming industry, because he's such a good personality. He's super identifiable, um, and and I want him to do good, of course. So yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes. That's pretty interesting. It's real shady. It, it's odd that Twitch hasn't even addressed it, which is almost giving him more credence because then if there was something simply it was this, then they would mm -hmm. come out and say like, yeah, yeah, it's because of this that he was banned. But even they're not addressing the situation. He's big yeah. enough to need addressing. Usually they let let that person know, hey, you're getting yeah. banned for this reason. And all of a sudden they just sent him a message that he broke some rules mm -hmm. and that he's permanently banned. It's like, oh, okay, so... What did he do? Because watching all his uh, last streams, there was nothing he did. Nothing yeah. he said, anything like that. So I don't know if they're attacking him for things he did before. But then he already got banned for those things. Yeah. So how could you ban him again? Re-ban him. Yeah. yeah but Doesn't permanently? Make no makes no sense. But Something shady going on. Yeah. That's weird. John, what have you been watching, man? Um, <clears throat> been rewatching a lot of the same stuff on Netflix, but did recently because now we got HBO Max and going mm -hmm. again to going back through all the HBO stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, started watching Veep again because I only seen like the first two seasons of it, I think. Uh, so I think that's the main thing we've been watching from from beginning to end. Yeah, that's a classic. That's a really good one. Um, uh, yeah, and I think it just gets better and better as it goes, especially like when she's running for president. It's really good. Mm -hmm. It's good. Um, okay, so. I want to address, last week we had an issue with the episode. Totally my fault as the editor. Uh, we were missing the first 12 minutes of the podcast. So it was just dead air. Uh, it definitely affects our listens. I could tell there was like, oh, okay, people notice that after the intro, it's just quiet for 12 minutes. Luckily, um, KT from uh, FTO, not FTO, from uh, For You Reference Podcast caught it and, and let me know so I could fix it. But if you guys want to catch that last episode, I went ahead and fixed the audio. It's back up. It was such a mess of, a mess of an episode because not only that, but I ended up having squeaks like muted on the stream for about half of the episode. So it was just me yeah. talking and then you saw some like random bald guy with his lips moving and no voice coming out over on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay, well, this is this is great. So let me try to fix this audio later on. 
Yeah. Uh, another thing, our website, totally revamped. We've heard your guys's not complaints, but comments that it was a little bit too plain, a little too just white screen. I liked the simplistic look. I get it that you guys aren't in it for that. So now it's fancy with a ton of colors, and we got the, you know, the main um, article, the first art or the last article we posted is like real big on the top. It's it looks clean. Um, so you guys check out the website. It's it's all revamped now. Discord will soon be revamped. I'm still in the process of doing that, but I'm assuming by the time this episode comes out. I'll have a link in the description showing uh, where to go to if you guys want to go on Discord and chat with us or whatever and uh, play games with us boys playing games. Uh, so there's that. Now, let's go ahead and get into the Audible ad. This is how we're supporting the show, guys. This is how we're going to buy brand new mics for everybody while we're staying at home, making sure that this is the best quality sound you could possibly get. Uh, before we get started, have you guys tried Audible, Jonathan and, and Daniel? I don't um, think I have. You I haven't have yet. Right. Okay. Yeah. Audible is a great uh, program where they're able to you're able to listen to Audible books at like the highest echelon of quality. They have a lot of original content and of course content. For this new releases right away that you can get those uh, for fourteen ninety nine a month. You guys get one Audible book and then two Audible originals, and uh, every month you can renew renew those. You can save a credit for later on if you like. Oh, I'm still reading or listening to one book. Uh, you can have two credits the next month, stuff like that. If you sign up, uh, the descri- the link is in the description, or you can just go to audibletrial.com backslash geekfreaks. You can sign up. You help support the podcast. And right now we're listening to Shadows Rising by, uh, ooh, is it Madeline? <laughs> I might have messed that up. Madeline Rowe. Fantastic book so far. I'm trying to listen to it slow because we're putting out like chapter by chapter comments. And so we're trying to go slow and not just blow up our feet with that. Uh, Squeaks is way ahead of me. He's just been binging it like crazy. Very good so far. Uh, is there any books that you guys would be interested in, like listening to an audiobook form? Um, yeah. Uh, for, for me, one one that you've gone through the entire series is Game of Thrones. I have such a hard time reading. I, I'm a bad reader as it is, but reading in that like old English kind of, I don't know, the way it's worded is yeah. like hard to yeah. to grasp. But when you watch it on TV, it's super easy. It makes sense, and it's you know you're able to immerse in it better. So I think an audiobook of of Game of Thrones would be a lot a lot easier to get through. Very good idea. So that'd be cool. Yeah. What about you, Daniel? Yeah, I actually didn't think about that because I actually have the books. I just don't want to read it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's hard. Game of Game of Thrones would be a good one, but I really want to read um, uh, World of Warcraft: The Vulcan Shadows of the Horde. That's, yes. That's one I want to actually get into because I like uh, Vulcan. It's all about Vulcan. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be big in expansion, man. Oh. Oh, yeah, because awesome. it's all yeah, Shadowlands, and he's like a Loa now, so he's actually above and beyond. Yeah, it's, he's going to be pretty awesome. They're both really good. Uh, there's some audible book, audible, audible books that we're looking forward to uh, listening to in the future. Um, the Hobbit is being redone, but with the guy, Andy Serkis, the guy who played Golem. He's going to be doing the voices for it. That's fantastic. Uh, and doing the narrating, of course. Um, Ready Player Two coming in October, the sequel to Ready Player One. There is a brand new book coming out, and... Right away, we're gonna have the audio version. And we're gonna listen to that in November, November, October, whenever it comes out. So join us, guys, at audibletrial.com black backslash geekfreaks and uh, help support the pod. Get us some new mics. Appreciate it. All right, on to the news. DC announces a new Watchmen spinoff called Rorschach. This is a 12 issue run by DC's uh, best, including Tom King and uh, Jorge Fornes. This is under the DC Black label, which is where we're getting like the Joker movie and stuff like that. I'm, I find myself liking DC Black more than anything else. What do you guys think about DC Black? 
Yeah. What else have we had in it though, other than Joker? That was kind of the the launch of it, right? Strange Adventures. No, there's actually quite a bit in, under it. It's like Strange Adventures. It's all these like adult versions of. So even if you have a Superman title under DC Black, it's still going to be. Uh, a little edgier. Yeah, about well, actually, like I think All Stars is considered one where like Superman finds out he's going to die in a year, so he's trying to live that last life like a, the bucket list, stuff like that. More adults level uh, themes. I, don't I like think that that's good. I think that's a great way for them to compete with Marvel because Marvel has done a yeah. good job at sticking to the family friendly yes. kind of younger crowd, and that's cool. But the big comic book fans, I mean, that we know of are our generation, so we kind of like to see that a little bit darker spin on things. So I think that's a good idea. Yeah, good change up. So uh, this is going to be taking place 35 years after his death. He died uh, by Manhattan blowing him up when he's going to go tell the truth. So uh, here's here's a little bit of a quote from it. It says, It's been 35 years since Osmodeus was exposed for dropping a giant telepathic squid on New York City, killing thousands and ending the public's trust in heroes once and for all. The Minutemen are gone. Only their uh, memory lives on, especially the infamy of Rorschach, who has become a cultural icon since Dr. Manhattan turned him into dust. Rorschach may have spoken the truth, but he wasn't a hero. So that's one of the big things. I'm excited for this new noir thing. And I think it's probably going to be like a new Rorschach trying to take his place. Because Rorschach was not a nice guy. He actually was kind of an asshole. And the whole time he's just like, the truth needs to be said. We need to figure out why, um, you know, the comedian was killed and stuff like that. But he was not a nice guy. Like everything was narrated through his journal. And it was a bunch of, you know, hate speech and stuff like that. So It'll be interesting to see how that's taken. And in the HBO show, we saw that they created a new KKK because of Rorschach. Do you guys think there's a way to make a 35-year-later version of him that's not as edgy? Um, that's It's hard because you, you, especially to push it out like that 35 years later and then try to drastically change his character. Now, that, that that's hard without much context. If you can write in flashbacks and give perspective to why he was who he was and play into his backstory, which I'm sure is already well developed, but um, you can you can change him, but you have to do like that re rebuild his character a little bit. I think. Yeah. Um, so I think it's possible, but I think a lot of people would be really upset because you're you're changing the foundation of who the character is too. Yeah, I, I'm assuming it's going to have to be somebody who takes his mantle. Uh, it's the only way you could do 35 years later. And then there could be a lot of flashbacks to other maybe journals that Rush, of Rorschach that shows him uh, being a regular detective. Because I would love to see that. I would love to see just noir uh, detective stories from Rorschach's point of view. I think that'd be very interesting. And he's he's definitely a character that when I read Rorschach's stuff, I know that he's not a good guy, but I'm still enjoying the story. You know, it's like a comic book. I mean, it's hard to even say from Joker's point of view because it's more real than that. Uh, the things he says. It's not like, I'm going to kill the Batman. It's like really bad stuff. So um, I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how they do this as a hero. Daniel, what do you think about this Rorschach comic book series? The best way to do it would just start a new comic book and just start it at that point, right? I mean, that, that's what they're doing. Right, but they're doing it like 35 years in the future. Do you think that, that they could redeem the character? Are they, or should they try to just go ahead and tell the story of a guy who's hateful and stuff like that? Tell, tell about a guy that's hateful. I think yeah, that'll be just more embracing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Will the will the new character have to be somebody pleasant or is I mean it's still gonna be the same kind of Batman kind of character or Punisher where he, he could have you know taken on that hate speech and stuff and totally endorsed it and be like, you know what, yeah, I'm I'm kind of pro KKK or whatever their new group <laughs> is, but I'm also just out there to bring justice, whether it's 
I don't, I don't know how those. <laughs> All I know is I got a sound clip of you for saying I'm pro KKK. So that'll be interesting <laughs> yeah, <great>. to use. <laughs> Ringtone. <laughs> Blackmail all over the internet now. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think they need to, I think they kind of need to embrace it, to be honest with you. I think they need to have that edgy guy because if you're a person who's going to identify with Rorschach, then you're going to be a kind of guy who's not great. So I think that's mm. going to be and, – and lean on the truth part because that was a big thing about Rorschach. He just wanted to get the truth out whether it was good or bad or ruined us. Um, it'll be interesting. So the comic book series is coming out starting October, uh, $4.99 an issue. It's got Tom King involved. Follow guys, follow Tom King on Twitter, guys, if you guys haven't yet. He's interesting to follow on Twitter. He does short responses, but he, he is active. So it's interesting. We have a new comic book coming from the brand-new comic book writer, Keanu Reeves. So Keanu <laughs> – <laughs> Daniel's reaction already. Uh, Boom Studios <laughs> revealed today. They are working uh, with Keanu Reeves on a new comic book series uh, that he'll be writing. And then he says possibly he'll be developing it for a new series. It's going to be a 12-issue run called Berserker and will release October. Berserker follows a thousands-of-year-old warrior that is part human, part war god. He is constantly balancing his need to kill and his humanity. Uh, he will. One thing that I like is they mentioned how, actually, literally Keanu Reeves mentions, that he'll be like calling back to his memories on a situation where like, oh yeah, when I fight the, fought the Babylons this time, I used a grappling hook or whatever. And he's using that memory as how he'll fight his villain now. So he'll be jumping around to history when he did these crazy things back in time. Like, oh yeah, when I fought the Romans here, I did this one thing. And then he'll go into that and use that forward. Wait, uh, so he, he's telling like pretty much the story of his past. And then is that what you're pretty much telling us? No, he- this, this hero is like 80,000 years old. Because he's okay. part god, he's immortal, mm-hmm. and so he's gained so much tactics from how old he is that while he's fighting, he's calling back to moments in history when he was fighting in other wars, and being like, "Oh, that's right. This is similar to the time that uh, I was with Sparta, in you know whatever, and, and using that to his advantage in this one." So that'd be pretty interesting to see how that works out. That sounds kind of like um, Avatar, where he's able to tap into his previous lives and yeah. you know, use their experiences and. His. Yeah, like a fully fledged Aang. I would love to see an Aang as an adult that can do that, that has that ability to like quickly refer back. Because whenever he yeah. did in the show, it was kind of a revelation or a big moment for him. Yeah. By the way, which comic, which Avatar books do you have? Me and Squeaks were talking about that. We're trying to figure out which one to go with first. Uh, I don't know. I have two two of them. Uh, I don't remember. One's the the Smoke and Fire or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I have to go with them. They're on the shelf. I only read half of one of them. I still haven't finished them, too. They are uh, re-releasing all of those in these like big books. So if you guys mm-hmm. want to get it, they're you know they're all outstanding. I've only read one, but uh, if you hear always good things about it. So, anyways, uh, this is a quote that Reeves had told to uh, USA Today. This character, who was born eighty thousand years ago, half man, his father's a war of god or a god of war, whatever. Um, it's a little fantasy in reality. I had this image in my head of a guy fighting through the ages because of his father's compulsion to violence but with pathos of a man trapped and trying to figure its way out. Uh, So I like the way he approaches this, like, I had this image. It almost reminds me of, like, how Ron Howard directs movies. He finds a movie project he likes. He sees kind of this image of a guy, and then he builds the project around that. I'm excited to see this comic book come from a person who makes movies. And and it'll be be interesting to see how he does. Pretty good. You guys think you can pick this up in October? Mm, uh, I wait for some reviews. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I actually want to. Uh, it sounds interesting, but uh, when I was researching it, I was kind of hoping it was gonna be like a John Wick comic book. That's what Same. I was excited for. 
Yeah. <laughs> but just uh, make John Wick. I, I'm gonna probably get it just to support him, and hopefully, he uh, decides to make like a John Wick comic book later. Oh yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. John Wick co- movies. Uh, I, the last one is funny because I'm watching it, and it's almost like this might be too much action. But that's like the first time I've ever said that. Like, this is too much action. Yeah. And still enjoy it, especially. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, pretty yeah. good. Uh, okay, I think, the, yeah, the last of the comic book stuff here. The entire Walking Dead comic book series is being reprinted in color. Skybound announced during their Skybound Expo, which is this online thing they're doing right now, that starting in October, which is, of course, a big month for comic books, apparently, uh, the entire Walking Dead comic book series is going to begin to be reprinted in color and be called The Walking Dead Deluxe. Uh, this includes the 193 issues of Robert Kirkman's books uh, that were originally printed in black and white. The coloring is being done by Dave McCaig. Uh, he did American Vampires and Northlanders and Batman Strikes Back or Batman Strikes. Uh, the first issue will be available on October 7th, and then it'll be coming out twice a month. 193 issues. Robert Kirkman is cashing out. This is so much money coming his way. Uh, it's just nuts. What do you think, John? I think that's that's brilliant. I mean. The series, you know, kind of took a downward turn, whatever, slowed down in interest and stuff. But now, now is the time to, you know, rechannel it and cash out before it, it's not valuable anymore. But yeah. I mean, I, and I think printing it in black and white was cool to start with. People kind of like that nostalgic vibe and all that stuff. But then now to re-release it in the Lexus edition, we've all done it. Buying the comic, like you were saying, the Avatar books after they're released later and remastered with extra art and consolidated into a hardback and all that stuff. It's just, that's what the fans want. So yeah. that's awesome to to do it because the fans want it and it makes them a little bit more money on a product that's already getting a little older. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, would you ever be interested in reading all the walking deads? No, it's way too much. I, I yeah. can't even read the books that I want to, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is a good idea that they are reprinting in color, but I mean, at where they're at right now, is there really any, I don't know I, if I'm already reading it. If I already read it in black and white, I probably wouldn't pick it up just for color the color version yeah. unless it's super cheap for all they're gonna books. be i think they're gonna be five bucks each so no they're not <laughs> yeah no it's then for me i wouldn't right now i if i'm i've i've read the whole entire series i probably wouldn't even bother picking it up yeah they uh now what if you if you watched the show and loved it and never read the comics because you were turned off by the black and white now it's going to be re-released in color. And you're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, the show's done. They kind of want to get some more of that. But you know what? Now's the time. They're doing it in color and deluxe, a special edition thing. I better get it. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and, it's, yeah. and they're releasing you know, two a month. So you can actually pl- go along with it and follow the series just like you did watching it live on TV. That's, that's a that's very true. good point. Yeah. And those the first few issues are really like shot for shot the same as the show. So it's a good way for a show watcher to get into it. Uh, we have a couple of the first pages on the website. So if you guys go to the website and check those out, they look awesome. The colored ones definitely look way better than the black and white. I'll admit that. I think there's going to be some nostalgia problems for those who have already watched or read the comic books. But, you know, objectively, they look way better in color. They did a really good job with them. Um yeah, I think I'm going to have to be picking a few of them up. I'm right now reading Negan Lives. He put out the first one uh, two weeks ago. Very good comic book about uh, Negan survives. He buries Lucy. Um, and then uh, a woman comes along and there's something shady going on. I'll just leave it at that in case you guys want to pick it up. It's really good. It sets up an interesting story and it's kind of like a kind of a side quest. But that's what I wanted. I wanted a 
contained mission in that world with a character I'm well versed in. And Negan, of course, is one of the best. So uh, it's it's a really enjoyable story so far. It's only been the first book, but I'm liking it a lot. So you guys check that out as well. Negan lives. All right, we're moving on to some gaming news. We're going to have... <laughs> yeah, we're going to have some movie stuff later on. Okay, so in gaming, Microsoft has officially ended production of the Xbox X, One X, and S. Uh, this is in preparation for the next generation of consoles. They also mentioned to IGN that they're sending some guys over to work on Game Pass and Project X Cloud. They have a lot of investment in X Cloud. They're really waiting for this to get the Azure servers and all that. Uh, they might have started a little bit early because of the lower productivity during uh, the pandemic. They're um, trying to make sure to hit the, the Christmas season, even though it'll be kind of different than this year than ever before. People are still going to be wanting to buy those gifts and order them online, whatever they need to do. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, this is the end of an era. Xbox One, you know, I think it lost the console race really versus the PS4. Um, but I still really enjoyed the system. And I wanted to talk to you guys. What were some of your favorite Xbox One games? I'm going to start us off with what I think might have been the best one, and that's Sea of Thieves. I think Sea of Thieves has to be the very best Xbox One game, in my opinion. Uh, I play it mostly on PC myself, but it was, you know, it's originally an Xbox One game. And uh, it's a good community builder. It has constantly great updates. Uh, very active. It's by Rare, which I've always enjoyed Rare games. So I'm going to go with Sea of Thieves. It's probably my favorite Xbox One games. Is there anything else that stands out to you, Daniel? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, Halo. Halo was a really good one. Halo 5, I think, right? Yeah, Halo. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I did like the uh, uh, shoot. Damn it! What's that? Name? I had it. Where's my paper? Oh, he's searching for the paper. Go, go to John real quick. John, go ahead. Cover me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I honestly did not play a lot of Xbox games. On I bought the Xbox for the Halo Five. You have the Halo Five that. edition Xbox too, right? It makes the cool yeah, sounds. Yeah, special edition one. Yeah. And then uh, Battlefront 2 I played for a few weeks, but I've just lost most interest in console games. And I don't know, back then I was probably getting into PC games too, more so. So that kind of pulls it apart, but I still use it as a DVD player and Netflix streamer. It's a heck of a Netflix streamer. (laughs) Yeah. So, but going back to the xCloud, is that... Is that Microsoft's version of like Stadia? Is it is, their... yeah, and I actually think it's going to do better. Though their investment into it, the time and effort has been outstanding, and I think it's something that's going to overshadow. Uh, we have an article coming up that we're going to be discussing where they're actually going to be giving it free for anybody who has Game Pass Ultimate. So um, it's it's awesome. It's just going to blend right into like I'm an Xbox man, so it's just going to roll right into your accounts and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. That's so. So will we need consoles anymore? Like. Across the board, if all these consoles... That's the problem. You know, are... <laughs> That's where Phil Spencer messed up. <laughs> yeah, we don't need an Xbox Series X, technically, because we can play on the PC. You can, you can play on your phone. You can do anything yeah. you want with it. Um, they, yeah. They're really pushing the fact that you could play all these Xbox games on your phone. And, um, yeah, they kind of messed up on that one. I think they probably should have kept that closer to their sleeve. They even announced recently, we don't have an article about this, um, that the... Xbox One or Xbox Series X will not have an exclusive for the first couple of years. Every game that comes up for the Series X can also be played on your Xbox One still. That way that they're not pressuring you to quickly buy an Xbox Series X. You can still keep your Xbox One for a while and still keep up with all the games. Probably not great to announce that right away when you're sitting there trying to beat PS5. But yeah, that's just how it is. 
I wonder if they make a lot more profit on the games than they do the consoles. Because that's what it sounds like if they're steering away from console production and finding a way to, to get you the content without having to have the device. I think you're right. I think the I think the microtransactions has become this this new industry thing that they're worried about. Uh, sea of Thieves is making their money off the pets, um, but they definitely earned it, and and things like that. So there's, you know, Minecraft also has microtransactions there. So there's there is something there. There is something more about the software than hardware. We also had Game Pass, which probably is actually the most important thing Xbox One introduced is Game Pass, the ability to use Game Pass because that's changed mm-hmm. the industry. That's become standard. We have PlayStation Now. We have stuff like that. And Game, and Game Pass really introduced that. Yeah. Daniel, what do you got for us, man? You got something cooking? Oh, yeah. So I remember it was uh, Grand Theft Auto. That was a really good game. Characters, everything. So there's the problem there is not exclusive. <laughs> Jonathan oh, was not exclusive. exclusive. No, no, oh. I'm not saying you had to pick exclusives. I'm saying that we, I only, I picked oh, one, but really yeah. we didn't say uh, Halo. But we really didn't say a lot of exclusives, it's, which shows yeah. that. Yeah, I was around yeah. when that game came out. <laughs> that that's always been a problem with the uh, Xbox. It's just they yeah. don't have any exclusives, and they're not really trying right now. And that's why yeah. I'm going to PlayStation Five because I'm yeah. just disappointed in all the games like Halo. Well, it's gonna come out for PC, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, we're gonna be getting more uh, detail on Halo Infinite next week. Uh, yeah. We'll stream. We'll try to stream it when it's announced, and then we'll we'll do a podcast afterwards. Um, we're going to get more detail. They said that it's going to be software only, so don't expect an announcement for a Lockhart. But the fact that they said that it's going to be software only means that there might be a Lockhart on the way. And if there is, then Xbox might be able to beat PlayStation pretty easily. In our poll, we have going on on Twitter, which by the time this releases, I think we have like two more days, to see what system I buy first. PlayStation is beating Xbox, hands down. So it looks like I'm a PlayStation yeah. 5 man next expansion, yep. or next console war, uh, at least for a bit there. Um yeah, so I would say Game Pass is probably the biggest contribution that Xbox has put into the gaming industry. Uh, and Sea of Thieves is fantastic too. But again, I think all of us play it on PC. I haven't ever played it on Xbox, so there's that. Yeah. See how it goes. All right, uh, Project X Cloud, like we were talking about before, will be free with Game Pass Ultimate this September. So uh, X Cloud will allow you to stream everything onto PC, TV, tablets, and phones, much like Google Stadium. Uh, Game Pass Ultimate is the combination of regular Game Pass and Xbox Live for $14.99 a month. So now it'll also include xCloud, probably for $14.99 a month. I wouldn't be surprised if that sneaks its way up with during Series X. Uh, Xbox promises that when xCloud launch, uh, launches, uh, there's going to be more than 100 Game Pass titles that you can play right away on the service. So again, let's talk about Sea of Thieves on my phone. I mean, that sounds amazing. I don't know how I could do it. <laughs> that would be really hard to run around when a Kraken attacks. Yeah. But that would be really fun to try. <laughs> Jalen's face kind of shows, you know. Right. That's one thing I'm worried about is, first off, like like I, every once in a while, would play Minecraft from my phone, and the controls just don't work. You can yeah. walk around and get yourself dead, but that's about <laughs> all you can do effectively. And so that's going to be hard, just controlling stuff from your phone, which I'm sure next generation, I'm an old man already, but these young kids are used to playing games on their phones. But uh, then is my game, if I'm playing, say I'm playing Sea of Thieves with one of you guys, when you all are playing on your phone, <laughs> is it going to, you know, if they do cross-platform, is it going to slow down my game or is it going to affect how I play because someone else is just using a phone and not a computer? Yeah, you mean skill-wise because technology-wise it won't slow down at all. But skill-wise, yeah, if you have one guy that's like turn, left, stop, board, like everything's in bits and pieces, it would be really hard. Yeah. Yeah, make a great point about Minecraft. Usually what happens when I try to play Minecraft on my phone is I die, then I hop on the PC and go get my stuff back real quick. 
it Man. you know you're real limited um, there um daniel do you think you're gonna be playing a lot of stuff on your phone tablet no not at yeah. all I, I don't even have any video games on my phone right now like i feel like i could just wait wait till i get on the pc or i got my tv my well, i don't even know what size it is like 45 yeah <laughs> You I could just wait. <laughs> I, I just don't need it. I, I don't need to play it on my phone. I could just wait. I have the control. And if, I, well, actually, if I was going to like Disneyland at my hotel, then maybe I'll, I'll try that. Yeah. I'll, I'll try it out. Try to see if it's, it works good. Um, but I, I, most of the time I could just wait. I could just wait till I get home. We spoke about a while back too, is that um, they're in, talks with nintendo so i have a feeling that once xcloud comes out it'll actually play on the switch as well Ooh. that's just a long shot that i think is going to end up happening that would help uh, microsoft cash flow quite a bit we'll see how it goes it'll be interesting um yeah i i it's hard to justify buying a series x right now i mean you can just play it anywhere you want and if there's games like see these a bad example but if there's a game like an mmo that has these time gates where you're checking in and stuff like that destiny is a good example Maybe you want to hop on a Destiny and just kind of like do your dailies and stuff like that real quick on your phone while you're at work on your lunch. So that when you come home, you jump right into Red and you're good to go. Something like that, you know. Let's Wait, see how that goes. Isn't World of Warcraft going to be coming for Xbox or something like that soon or no? Not that or I heard of. No. We will be talking about that on the podcast when that's announced. Um, yeah, not yet though. There is controller support <laughs> coming, which right oh, now you use add-ons for it, but that's probably yeah. what you're thinking of. I can't, I, I, I have used controller for World of Warcraft. It's, Awful. I don't know. Would you ever try using a controller for a while? No. <laughs> that seems just horrible. Yeah. I feel like you'd need the, the, the elite controller with all the extra switches. <laughs> Minimum. Stuff. Yeah. You can like tell who's the controller guy because they're in the back there just like, flash heal, flash heal, flash heal. That's all they're doing. <laughs> I feel like how, how do you heal? Especially like next expansion is yeah. going to be way more abilities. How are you going to like have uh, – that's going to be hard. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be interesting though. Yeah, I remember when I did it, I had like, I was using my warrior and it was just for leveling, but it was like heroic strike, whirlwind. I think those are the only two moves I had on my action bar that was able to use. You know, you have limited buttons. All right, uh, Xbox store posts uh, a Call of Duty alpha. This is, we've got a couple of Xbox stuff here. Um, this is real interesting. So we had talked about before how there's this Xbox leak that came, or I'm sorry, Call of Duty leak that came out showing that the next Xbox game is going to be Black Ops. It'll be in the middle of the Cold War, where we're fighting Russia, kind of stealth missions here and there, uh, which sounds very good. I'm interested in that. Now we have this Call of Duty leak that was through the Microsoft Store, which has been kind of leaking a lot of stuff lately. And what it was was this game they put up called The Red Door. It had its own graphics. It had its own description. Interestingly enough, it was a shooter from Activision, which is really weird. And it was 80 gigabytes. So that shows it's not like a, a third-party game or not an um, indie game. That's a massive game. So... It, you know, this had to be an actual AAA title, but why would we not know about it right away? Normally, we get trailers and teasers and everything, E3 announcements and all stuff like that. So, all of a sudden, this randomly shows up. It has a description, which I think is all nonsense, but it says, uh, there is more than one truth. If you go looking for answers, be ready to question everything and accept that nothing will ever be the same. The red door awaits. Do you dare step through it? So, I think that's kind of like a throwing us off description for a game because it really doesn't tell us anything it just says will you go to, into this game but it doesn't actually tell us anything about the game so there's that right uh now this some of the suspicious stuff that came out is when one guy looked into the code and his name is serial station actually that's his site is serial station he looked at the content id 
in there, it's called, it, like, the ID for it is called COD, C-O-D, 2020-A-I-N-T-A-L, so basically short for initial alpha one. That's in the code for this game. So it's like, okay, so this might actually be the first alpha for a new Call of Duty game. Some guys on Reddit are saying, like, well, in Call of Duty Black Ops 3, the trailer, they use the Rolling Stones paint it black one. I love that song. And then there is, I see a red door and I want to paint it black. So there's also that kind of reference. Maybe they're being cute about it and named it Red Door. What do you guys think? Do you think this could be a new way of alpha testing where they put up a false game like this to give people access to it that are like reviewers so they could give it a test? Is this a good way to do this? Daniel, what do you think? No, honestly, I, I feel like they should just come out with it. Just bring it out. Let us just try it. Don't don't try to be sneaky about it and all this stuff. I, I'm interested to see if it is a Black Ops, but I'm probably not going to play it because I'm not a big fan of Black Ops. I don't know if you enjoyed Black Ops, but I've always been a Modern Warfare fan. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with you. I'm a more of a Modern Warfare fan. I've never liked a Black Ops. This one being full-on Cold War, I'm probably more interested. I I find that an interesting time period. Um, but yeah, so and, and you're big on Call of Duty right now. I mean, you're you're, yeah, you're right in it. every time I check Discord. There's Daniel playing, <laughs> yeah. playing Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm I'm kind of perplexed on why they would do this though, because first off, Activision Blizzard has their own PC launcher with yeah. Battle.net, right? Why not yeah. just say like, hey, we have a new Call of Duty coming out. It's a Black Ops. It's going into alpha. Yeah. Why try to be vague about this? Why try to hide it? That's, I mean, it probably for the hype, so people could just get excited about it, and then yeah, but people get excited if you give them little teasers about it. Oh, well, I mean, they are teasing in a way. I mean, right yeah. there with the red door yeah. thing. <clears throat> and they yeah, it's just it's come funny because it's like it's like hyping up the people who research the stuff and not hyping up the mainstream yeah. audience. It's real weird that they're hyping up just like the people who look into coding and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's it's odd one. Jonathan, what do you think about this as a business practice? Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, like there's some situations where if you just leak a little bit of information, people are more excited to have a leak than they are to have the full thing. Yeah. But I don't think this, you know, a, a game like this is really, I mean, people want it. People want another Call of Duty, I'm sure. I mean, Call of Duty is doing great right now. Yeah, they want to see that that production's you know underway and get a little taste of what they can expect and as the you know developers they should you know put it out in alpha let people test it a little bit and take their feedback and you know adjust the game to match yeah but yeah to just kind of let it leak out like that doesn't seem it doesn't seem like it's going to help anybody so yeah i think i think they need to just take a step back and Put it in alpha testing. Let people just, you know, just like they do their other game. Just announce the game. Been, Have a quick mock-up yeah, of a title yeah. screen or something like that. Throw that out there yeah. saying it's on the way. And and let us build the hype naturally. Like we have forever. And you can put it on the battle.net launcher. Like you have everything else that's Call of Duty right now. Just throw it up out there. Why, why bother? Uh, they maybe, they just really, maybe they're just really far back on trying to figure out what they they need it to be. So they yeah. don't have a name, don't really have, all they have is maybe the, the time period and setting, uh, but they are trying to figure out the core of what their new game's going to be. That's a good point, but in the code it says 2020. We don't have time for that. <laughs> That's true. It's coming out now. I, this actually, while we're talking, I think it might be something to do with the pandemic. Maybe this is a way for them to be able to work from home easier and, and setting things up, making adjustments when it's a live game maybe like that. Maybe their new Call of Duty is all about uh, riot control and 
uh, keeping people at home and <laughs> pandemic life. <sighs> 20, it's all about 2020, not releasing in 2020. You can make your own character and then it's just me hanging out at the computer like, oh, I don't need to go outside. <laughs> this game is so real. <laughs> Sims pandemic. Yeah. Sims pandemic. Oh my God. That'd be terrible. You build a door and you don't open it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the next thing here. We have Metacritic. They're stepping in and they're going to start delaying all game reviews. So Metacritic has implemented a 36-hour waiting period on all game reviews. So users have time to actually play the game before voicing their opinion. Uh, the reason they're doing this is because of review bombing. And I hate review bombing so much. It's just such a silly practice. But uh, say there's game a game coming. Okay, let's go like this. Say there's a new PUBG expansion coming up. If you're a PUBG fan or somebody who used to play PUBG, you may review bo the bomb the future expansion because you're like look there's problems with the game right now why aren't you guys fixing so i might have a problem with a company or with a previous game so when they're announcing a new game i'll get on there right away and start saying one star you guys need to work on your old games before you make this one and they set it out the problem with that is if there's a new person going and looking for a good shooter that's you know something like fortnite but not so silly they're going to check out the reviews and see like oh this thing's only got like one star why would i even bother trying and I have not even played one minute of the actual game that I just reviewed. It's not fair uh, for the company. While I may have grievances with the, the company, there are better ways of airing my grievances. I can take to Twitter, social media, forums. They all have forums. What do you guys think about Metacritic putting in this delay for the 36-hour waiting period? Do you think that's a good idea? Is it long enough? What should we do? It's a, it is a good idea, but I feel like people are just going to not even play it and just go off of other people and just still bomb the game. Cause that's, that's what happened to last of us, right? That's pretty much yeah. why they're doing it. Cause it got bombed. It got bad reviews because it got leaked. The whole entire story got leaked. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody just started bombing it as soon as the game came out. So it is a good idea, but people are still going to be hateful and still want to bomb like certain games that's that's how everybody yeah. you know yeah i think i think it it might be effective in like cutting off the top you know percentage or whatever of you know hateful people that are out there just like super livid about whatever and just want to get it off the chest so they go and post all these reviews well if you gotta wait a few days you usually care a whole lot less and if you're gonna post something after a few days of playing a game then chances are you're gonna at least have more common sense behind it more reasoning behind it and probably more likely to be positive reviews than, you know, hateful, oh, I just glitched out and now I'm super pissed off and, you know, forget everybody, this game sucks. And, you know, a I like little bit that. more time to think about it. It's like the sleep on a policy. You just yeah. wait a little bit, cool down a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I like this. I just, I personally hate review bombing. I think it's very anti-productive. You know, you got people out there that are just doing their job. And when you review bomb a product and if it, drives down the money that that company takes in it's not like the money it's not like the company's like oh oh no we took a loss let's change our ways yeah. no that trickles down to future employment for the people who worked on the game like all of a sudden they become team b and they're working on really minor projects if that so you know just kind of be a little bit more weary it's a tough one yeah it's a real it's just and, a and if you like a game why are you review bombing it and if you you know if you like the game go play it if you don't like the game go play a different one you don't have to sit there and hate on those people yeah. for making a game that you don't like like there's other games out there go play one you like post a whole bunch of videos about how great this other competitor is and that's fine but to just directly attack a company that made a game because of a certain def uh, defect or detail in the game that you don't like 
then hey, that's just that's the nature of the beast. You don't like a you don't like a burger in and out. Don't go eat there. Go to McDonald's or whatever. You know, right. It's, just, it's consumerism. Exactly. Uh, some other sites are doing things like uh, Amazon has the verified publisher or uh, purchaser, so that you know when you mm-hmm. see a review for something, it's either a person who is just writing a review because they're familiar with the product outside of Amazon, or they're just being you know uh, review bombing it. Or you can actually check the verified purchasers. Like these people actually spent money on it. They'll say, I like to always look at the ones that actually post pictures of it too, because then you get like an extra layer of uh, verified viewer. So I think we also have to be kind of smarter about reading reviews. Um, and if it's a review from Geek Freaks, you know it's a hundred percent. So that's always good. <laughs> or it's Daniel ruining the end of Last of Us. So <laughs> we always know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, we're a hundred percent accurate. Uh, next up, now did you guys hear? Yeah, uh, see the new Lego NES system? No. Start googling, John. Uh-oh. <laughs> Daniel, I know you saw it, right? No. Uh, I thought you were all yeah. over our social media. I posted on the social media like three times. I, I was on it uh, a couple days ago, like <laughs> four days ago, but I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so while you guys are Googling, the Lego and, NES, and Nintendo are teaming up to make a Lego NES. Um, this will contain 2,646 pieces. The set will include a mechanically working NES. It has a cartridge you can put in and push down. Has controls you can plug into the front. Mechanically, That's it works. Dope. But you <laughs> assemble it. You assemble the NES from Legos. Yeah, and what the TV the that you see there with it. <laughs> yeah, that little TV. But so, what, does the little TV move? Is like interactive or is it just display? You turn a crank on the side of the TV. It comes with a little box TV, like in the old days. You know, you turn a crank mm-hmm. on the side of the TV, and it's the first level from the 1985 Super Mario Brothers, and him jumping up and down over the blocks and stuff like that. Isn't that, that is neat crazy. as hell? Crazy. <laughs> I really this is gonna be it. like a thousand bucks or what? Man, you are you're doing great with segues. So the cost for this will be uh, <laughs> no, you're doing perfect. This is, uh, the cost will be two hundred twenty nine dollars <laughs> for this set. So it's not cheap, but it comes with the TV and the Nintendo. Um, I did a little bit of uh, research, you know, doing the <laughs> doing the hard work here. The NES when it released in the U.S. in eighty seven was ninety nine dollars with the Super Mario Brothers edition. Uh, when you adjust for inflation. It's two hundred forty dollars. So the Legos cost as much as the as the NES basically when it came yeah. out. But you get a Which free TV. Which was the newest, most high tech game system at the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Sounds like being a PS Five right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this comes out on your birthday, John, August first. Oh, sweet. So I think you need wait. to tell uh, Susan. <clears throat> hey. Yes, I need an NES. I need one to go on this ugly shelf full of junk right here, <laughs> so it could be a display item that I could also play. At what price point would you guys go out and buy one of these? I would say hundred bucks for sure. Hundred dollars. Yeah, hundred to hundred fifty. I'd probably a hundred. Hundred. hundred fifty. I could probably buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's. I mean, but you got to remember, if especially if you're a person that likes Legos, assembling this would be half the yeah. fun too. Triple Having it on display fun. is cool. Playing with it's cool, but putting it together would be fun too. I almost want to buy the TV separate. The TV to me seems so cool. And yeah. in the little trailer they had, uh, the kid's like in the, in the cartridge before he puts it in, which of course doesn't, you know, it's just Legos, but I just like, they get it. Nintendo gets it. Um, so that's pretty cool. I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think if the price goes down at all, which I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll just sell out right away. Yeah, if the price goes down at all, I'm in 100%. I'm going to have to buy this because it's just too awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up and almost last up. Uh, we have the Bad Batch series coming to Disney Plus in 2021. Uh, the Bad Batch was introduced in the final season of Star Wars Clone Wars and is now getting their own series next year. Uh, 
This series will bring back the uh, much the, much of the creative team behind Clone Wars and Rebels, including the great Dave Filoni, who I think should be in charge of all of Star Wars, uh, Athena Por uh, Portillo, Brad Rowe, and Jennifer Corbett. Uh, the series is in early, early development, and it's going to be a bit slow because most of Hollywood's still shut down. Uh, the Bad Batch is such a good idea. So it's basically, I don't know if you guys caught them from the Clone Wars final season, but uh, it's a, a batch of clones that we're all kind of messed up. They're, they're, uh, yeah, they're not perfect clones, right? right. They're not hundred percent accurate, but their inaccuracies make them advanced. So one's like super strong. Cause he accidentally got too much strength. You know, one guy's really good at sniping cause his eyes got messed up. So they're all kind of like a little bit perfect. One's a real super geek. Uh, and, and they roam around and their leader's really cool too. He's kind of this rugged dude. That's kind of just bending the rules a little bit. And, uh, and we're going to be following their adventures as they hop around from place to place, much like if you were to follow Rex from the Clone Wars. But they're going to be bouncing around from place to place, helping out the Clone Wars cause and kind of protecting themselves and creating this family unit. Uh, a quote from Agnes Chu, a Disney senior VP. While the Clone Wars may have come to its conclusion, our partnership with the groundbreaking storytellers and artists at Lucasfilm Animation is only beginning. We are thrilled to bring Dave Filoni's vision to life to the adventures of the Bad Batch. So I think this is going to be just a straight-up continuation of Clone Wars. I think we're all happy about that. That's pretty good. Uh, what do you guys think about this, you know, rugged kind of out-on-their-own group of stormtroopers or clone troopers, and what kind of stories would you want them to encounter? I think that's smart. I think that's what we see in a lot of stuff that's, like, following the, like, traditional group of superheroes kind of thing, where... They have, everybody has unique abilities and, mm -hmm. you know, they have to find their own way and work together as a team and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, it's, it's playing to what I think, you know, kids these days are used to hearing and want to hear because, you know, they like Star Wars, they like Clone Wars, it's, you know, successful franchise, um, but just putting it in the same kind of pattern that we've seen before. So I think it, I think it'll do good. Yeah. Um, but I can't, I can think of like a specific, uh, story arc for them to follow around like that yeah i hope but they I, they meet the pirates i, I always love watching clone wars as it is oh you should Sorry. so good yeah. but i like for them to meet the pirates i've always liked the pirates of, of star wars and they're, they don't they're very underrepresented and then also mm -hmm. with like the bounty clans like there's all these clans that work together that do bounties i don't know if clans is the right term but anyways um you know go hang out with them they're awesome there's all kinds of them out there there's a, i love the ones where like boba fett's a young kid uh that's still leading a group and being a little badass um there's all kinds of cool stuff that they can do. Daniel, do you have any ideas for this? Any ideas for the show where they can go? No, not really. But honestly, the show sounds awesome. And I'll actually start watching it. <laughs> yeah, It does good. sound really good. <laughs> now, you haven't seen Clone Wars at all, right? No, I haven't. But I might actually start with the Bad Badge. <laughs> yeah. Because it actually if, looks fun. If anybody wants to watch Clone Wars, I can't suggest it enough. But I do want to give you this warning. The first season was geared for children. And then second season, and especially like third, it, it moves you know pretty well. It starts to mature their audience quite a bit, much like Avatar in that sense. Um, so get through the first season and really start to enjoy the second season on uh, if you guys get into that show. Can't suggest it enough. Very good show. All right. Uh, we had an analysis. I thought this was interesting. Talking to the Hollywood Reporter, uh, Doug Krutz. Uh, he recently stated in, in his adjustments for the Disney stock, because Disney stocks have plummeted, having a hell of a time, Disney World and Land being, Disneyland being closed, Disney World being closed soon, probably. Uh, it's really hurting their their stocks. 
in that, he was talking about how he thinks theaters won't fully open until mid-2021. Okay. Uh, the primary reason for this is because the theater system is real shaky. Not all theaters, most theaters are not open, right? Uh, and the ones that are open have these very terrible attendances. People are not really wanting to show up. Uh, and so the big movie studios don't necessarily want to release a blockbuster into that system. They'd rather just hold on till next year, the year after, when things are a little bit stable and people are going back to the theaters. Uh, so 2021. What should the theaters? What should the uh, uh, studios do in the meantime? Should we see some releases at home? Should we start getting some theater releases? Uh, Jonathan, let's start with you on this. What do you think, man? Yeah, I think that at-home releases are great. If it's hard because they, of course, they're losing money. They they have to find yeah. a way to to make up if we want to see them produce more movies in the future. So if they needed to do like, hey, you have Disney Plus and you want to see the new Milan, which I can't wait for. It's but, already done. Uh, yeah. We, we we can't just like dump it in there. Here's you know it's gonna be three dollars, two ninety nine to watch this <laughs> exclusive premium movie. You know for the first month or something like that. After that, it'll be free for everybody. That's totally fine. That's mm-hmm. cool. I'll pay the extra three bucks or or five bucks or seven bucks, whatever it is, to watch the new release movie. It's cheaper than going to the theaters anyways, and we don't have the option to go into the theaters, so we want to get that content. Also, since this is gonna be a whole, you know, probably year or so of waiting for theaters to open. I think, and I don't think theaters are going to survive. Honestly, I, I think come yeah. next year, theaters are going to be closing down, you know, in bulk and they're just what? not going to exist anymore. The perfect solution is taking a step back, like 50 years or whatever, and having drive-in theaters everywhere. Let's start converting places into drive-in movie theaters. It would be, it's, it'd be so successful. The, the, right here in Lodi, the great festival fairgrounds, we're hosting drive-in movies. Just put up a projector. Tune in their their system to. I mean, I'm sure it takes a little bit of investment, yeah. but tune in your system to uh to broadband that that frequency or whatever, and yeah. people can drive in and keep distance and stay in their own car. And if they bring snacks, then cool. And they just have to you know pay to get in the gate. You know, uh, back when Orson Welles was trying to get out, um, Rosebud, not Rosebud, is that the name of it? No, that's not right. Uh, What's the name of, of what the rosebud is from anyways i i know who you're talking about i can't remember the name. so hearst wouldn't let it get in theaters like he was that powerful so he just like yeah. threw up drive-in theaters left and right like he was just like here's and like theaters like in fields and stuff like that to show it and um citizen kane there it is uh citizen kane, and yeah. it was it created more hype people were like oh mm-hmm. my god i have to see it because this is the only way to see it so you could actually kind of mm-hmm. create this buzz for it if you're like you have to go to drive-in theaters to see the new Black Widow. I'll be there, my bug. I'm there, man. Hmm. Um, yeah. Me and Squeaks are actually just talking, I think, last night or the night before about we should probably all go out to the Sacramento uh, drive-in theater sometime and just kind of like watch a movie together like back in the old days, but from our cars being safe. I don't know. It'd yeah. be kind of fun to do. Daniel, what do you think about this? What I want to know from you, Daniel, what's the price point for you to, like how high can they go for you to still watch a movie from home? Uh Honestly, they they could charge about the same amount that theaters usually, uh, you know, charge. And I right. was thinking, uh, the drive-in theater is a good idea. They should actually have a couple more open, mm-hmm. especially right now with this pandemic. Um, I was thinking, well, why don't they just have like the, the website that you know they're buying the movie or whatever, and people just log in, pay the fifteen dollars, watch it at home, like that. Yeah. I, it works. Everybody's most, a lot of people are at home. So mm-hmm. no matter what, they're going to watch the movie 
it's not going to do that good because a lot of people love watching movies on theater, but give them the option. Let them watch it at home. Just charge them the $15, you know. I, I'd pay. Yeah. I'd definitely play, pay to see all these movies. So you're, one thing, real quick, uh, one thing you're suggesting there, Daniel, and Jalen, you alluded to it as well. Paying the price of a movie ticket. The problem is you're paying the price for one movie ticket with $15. And yet you could have your family of five watching it. They're losing money in that. So I was thinking I'd be willing to pay up to 40 bucks for like a Black Widow or something like that. Would you guys be willing to pay up to $40? Which is two movie tickets you're going out as a couple. Would you get to keep the digital copy afterwards? Good question. I would say you probably wouldn't. But... Yeah. I could like if, if Disney Plus added a section that was just like pay-per-view section of Disney Plus and you had to pay 40 bucks for it and then you had it for like maybe a week. I don't know. Yeah, but then they have issues too cuz people are going to try to uh, copy it and then yeah. try you know, what? stream it. <laughs> 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 that that's the only issue and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I think if that at that price, though, I would rather just buy the full Blu-ray or, you know, yeah. you might as well pay for it and own it for an yeah. extra 15 bucks or something like that. Well, you know what? Honestly, actually, that's not a terrible idea. If you actually owned it after that, then the nice thing is is you'd get the secondary sales. Because there's a ton of people, I mean, probably the majority of the people, they'll go out into the theaters, watch an Avengers, and then they're done. They'll watch Avengers again if it's on Netflix or something like that, but they don't necessarily go out and buy the Blu-ray. This is mm-hmm. almost like securing that Blu-ray sale, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you'd kind of split the, you would get the ticket sale and the Blu-ray sale at the same time, but you'd only make about half the money. But like you're saying, the ticket sales, you know, a lot of people just buy a ticket or some people just buy a Blu-ray. Hardly yeah. anybody buys both or, you know, Blu-rays sell a lot less than movie tickets, I'm sure. It is. And it's kind of a nice way to entice the, a little bit more. The reason I like the $40 is because it's, you're buying a ticket for two people. For a lot of people, that's about right. Uh, you buy t- but for those who go with friends who are a single person, you know, they're going just they're by their own ticket. You're tr- you're getting a little bit extra from them, and then the families that are watching it, you're getting a little less from them. So it kind of finds this little bit of a medium ground. And then if it's a title like I, I've seen Black Widow, like Black Widow, it has enough hype and have has enough build to where I think it might be able to pull that price point off uh, and make most people happy. It's a tough one. You know what I'm thinking? This is this is going to take a whole lot more investment from Disney or somebody. But say a new movie's coming out like Mulan, mm-hmm. and you want to have a movie night with your kids. Uh, if you were to go on like the Disney website and put in all all your information to where you want to get a movie night package for your family, okay, and it come comes with the movie and you know like uh, toy Mulan swords or whatever costumes for your kids. You put oh, wow. in your sizes and stuff like that. Like uh, just just a full family entertainment night package. You know, popcorn or I know you can't probably package food for something like that, but whatever certain things to go with the theme of the movie and things, you know, use in the house as decorations, put down like a, a Mulan themed blanket that That's the kids awesome. play on. Yeah. It kind of <laughs> looks like, yeah, something to just really get the whole family. Cause you can't go to the theaters. Right. But at least right. you could do but is make try to do something to, yeah, something to kind of bring <clears throat> that environment to them. That'd be really cool. Something that you just do. That is a really good idea. Something like that. You could mm-hmm. see spending a hundred, if not more dollars, if you're sitting there yeah. with the Especially full setup. You know, yeah, that's interesting. And they'll be entertained. They'll be doing backflips and stuff for hours after the movie's done. Then, of course, they're going to want to watch the movie again. Yeah. But I think for at least for families, I think that would be really worth the investment. Yeah. And if they were to do a rental thing, like say you have it for just seven days or three days or whatever. If you have kids and it's something like Mulan or, or whatever, 
You're mm-hmm. going to probably rent that again just to shut your kid up. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be yeah. like two weeks down the road like, I want to watch Mulan again or whatever. All right, fine. 40 bucks, it, sit down or whatever. If it comes in a package like that, I'm sure the parents would be okay spending, like like I was saying earlier, a little, a little bit more to own it. Yes. So if it's $100 for a package where you just get to watch the movie once or 130 or whatever to own it, the kid's like frozen. The kids are going to want to pop it in back to back to back. You might as well just own it and let them watch it endlessly. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I uh, I like the idea of driving theaters. Um, I'm down to do that because there also has to be a thing um, like like Daniel was bringing up where people can't pirate it. And driving theaters is pretty hard to pirate. You'd have it would be very terrible quality if you try to pirate off of a driving theater. So maybe something there. We'll have to see. I, I'm I'm kind of in the mood to actually go because that's one that's the one thing as a hermit that loves playing video games. That's the one thing I miss about going outside to see people is theaters themselves. I I love to like middle of the afternoon if you have the chance you go out to the theater it's just like you and like two other people watching some random tom hanks movie it's fantastic um so i do miss that and we do have you know um fast food drive throughs are open so you'd think like if we're especially building new um driving theaters that the concession stand could just be a drive through so people can still go there yeah. and buy snacks and support the local you know driving business as well yeah you just got to build it as you know not a lobby or nothing like that just a drive through hmm. And I'm wondering how big of how hard it would be to make a projection screen, because it's got that feel next to the house. Yeah, I wonder True. how hard that would be. I know I could do that. I could set up an FM station. Is it just plywood? Is it canvas? If you do plywood and you throw a white canvas on there, if we just got to get the projector, I think we can get a projector. You need to be waterproof though for the weather. Weather resistant. Well, oh, we can put it away later on. We'll put it up and down. All right, guys, coming soon to a town near you. Geek Freaks Theater System. Ooh, might be a thing uh, happening. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I think we really need to make this happen, though. I think I could actually make this. Well, I'll think about it. I'm going to start working. I'm almost done with the the yard. Looking the projectors. I feel like you just need the the canvas, the roll, and then the screen. And then you just get, like, some wood, post it down, and right there, boom. You are close to the freeway, so you got to make sure the freeway can't see it because that'll be a distraction and cause problems. Yeah. It happens all the time at the Sacramento one. <laughs> As you're leaving or going, you're always like, what's going on over there? Ooh, Harry Potter. You're always doing that. Uh, okay, last story we're going to be talking about. A little bit of a heart warmer for us to leave the day on. Um, there's this little six-year-old. His name's Bridger Walker. Cool name. The guy should be a country singer. Uh, he's six years old. He saw his four-year-old uh, sister being attacked by a dog and he jumped into action and was able to get in between the two. So Bridger was successful in saving his sister's life, but was left with many bites and bruises. You can see he had, it was like a tore his cheek off through here. They have stitches holding it up, but it was like torn off and stuff like that. Poor kid. Uh, he had to go undergo two hours of surgery and received 90 stitches. Pretty crazy. Yes. So Bridger's dad asked him, why did you jump in between the dog and your sister? And he says, if someone had to die, I thought it should be me. This kid's six years old. Brave little kid. Some of the biggest movie stars saw this story and have gone and out and reached out to reach, whatever, to talk with Bridger. I messed <laughs> that last him. part up. Thank you. People like Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Tom Holland, Hugh Jackman, Zachary Levi. I think like yesterday, um, Thor did. Chris Hemsworth, there it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, they've been going up, they've been sending messages, writing cards and stuff like that. There's a really cool, it's on our website, you guys can check it out, a uh, video from Chris Evans where he's sending him like, hey man, you're a true Avenger, you're, you know, stuff like that. He's sending him an authentic Captain America shield. Um, just really cool things. He was dressed up as Captain America when he was getting the call from Chris. Vibranium's so rare too. 
Yeah, I know. How did he get, <laughs> he's got to deal with uh, Wakanda. Um, I just really liked the story. I thought it was a good way to end the show. What a little hero, Bridger Walker. If by chance you happen to hear this podcast, you are amazing official geek freak. Um, I just really like this. This is really cool. And I love how, you know, he's a hero. And then we got all the big name heroes coming out and Shazam's out there saying, you know, good job and stuff like that. It was pretty awesome. I liked that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's it for us today, guys. Uh, just a quick reminder, the website's revamped. So you guys can check out that cool website. Discord link below. If you guys want to join Discord, we're streaming often. Uh, if we're not streaming, we're still in there just talking. If you don't see us, just hit us up. You know, whatever. Uh, Audible. You guys don't understand how much it helps us if you guys just sign up for a trial for Audible and check out some good books. Shadows Rising by Madeline Rowe. I'm pretty sure it's still Madeline. I'm not positive. Um, really good so far. Join us on that. We're going to be discussing that on uh, the 15th of next month. But yeah, help us out on uh, Audible. You can click the link below or go to audibletrial.com backslash geekfreaks. Let's get some good mics for everybody. All right. Talk to you guys later. You all have a wonderful weekend and we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast. You can find us on Twitter at geekfreakspod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.